does everybody know what time it is? It's time for one of my dear friends to move very far away from me. And this time, it's not to Wisconsin. That's right. It's grunt work. Seems like yesterday you were the star of the show. We laughed the track... We watched you grow. Mm-hmm. So far from playing on the court with Arsenio, <laughs> through your book, we got to know you. <laughs> Life ain't always a trip on the bus. Uh, uh. <laughs> Words can't express what you mean to us. Even though you're gone, these are the cards we were dealt. <laughs> through your family, your presence will be felt. That's right. I- In the future. choked up. A little bit In the future, can't wait to see how Costa Rica treats you and your G. <laughs> Rem- reminisce some time the day you left the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> Try to deny it all, but you're still our beau. <laughs> when it's real, feelings hard to conceal. Can't imagine all the feelings I feel. Give anything to have half your wealth. Mm. I know you're still acting and stuff after mm. grunt work. The only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement to put a little ramalama in your ding dong. I am your host, Landon. See you later, Alligator Solano. Joined always by my co-host Truman. After a while, Crocodile Caps. Uh, Truman, were... it's good to see you. Landon, it's good to see you too. And don't judge me for the tears in my eyes right now. <laughs> On what was already an emotional that. day. It ain't it handed, but yeah, this is. Uh, we're going to spend roughly half the show talking about the opening at tool time and then really speed through the rest of it because I have some stuff I got to talk to my therapist about. Really, never before has an episode come at us with such a one-two punch of of both um, long-time just fan service stuff directly relevant to jokes we make on the podcast followed by <laughs> real big emotions just the biggest yeah. of big feelings yeah, yeah. super yes. colossal titanic feelings between dudes and and their families um <laughs> wow um yeah so. I, before we get there cuz it's yeah. it's oh, listen folks uh, we'll get to it in due time yeah. I, I don't listen folks we're we're entering season eight, and um, well, we've entered. You know, I'm not going to suggest that this is going to become a recurring segment, but I'm learning. I'm learning quickly that homeowning is an ongoing adventure, and that every week there's a new chapter in it. So I'm I'm so you're not saying it's going to be a recurring segment, but you're also saying it's going to be a recurring segment. I'm saying it could be. Uh, so if you don't if you don't watch yourself, I'll talk about in, this every week. In, in the wise words of Jim Carrey. Somebody stop me. Um, <laughs> I had a moment this weekend that I, every once in a while, I have these moments where I'm so aware of what the situation is that I can't help but laugh at myself in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm gonna give you the scenario and backtrack to the situation. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. That's the way I like to do it. I had an emergency this weekend, a homeowning emergency this weekend. Oh, dear. And here's the result that I laughed at. 
Uh, it was it was certainly not a pleasant experience in the moment, but like when when I got too stressed, I recognized the situation for what it was and could laugh at it in the moment. And I hope that's a healthy coping device. That that's um, fortunate. I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear you did that. <laughs> so I, I'm panicked. I'm stressed. A bit of an emergency, and I'm uh, I have to go to Menards. The the for those aren't familiar, it's basically Home Depot, local Home Depot. I, a brief, uh, your your honor, if I may, uh, very quickly. Um, are, are, do we get to know what the the homeowning emergency is? Or I'm that... going to backtrack to that. that yeah. That's what we're backtracking to. Okay, understood. Yeah, yeah. C- uh, I want to proceed. I want to give you. want to give you the situation or the yeah. thing I found myself in, though. Okay, so you go to uh, Menards. I I'm going to Menards, panicked. You know, I I'm still kind of dressed in my Saturday lounging clothes, and <laughs> I get out of the your car leisure and suit, I'm walk smoking jacket. <laughs> I'm walking up to the front door, and I recognize what I'm wearing. I've got a sweatshirt on. Mm. <laughs> I've got gym pants on. Uh, I've got my backwards uh, baseball cap because I had gone for a run <laughs> earlier the day. Hell yeah. And from what I was working on, I had a smudge on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and I was walking in recognizing I couldn't look more like the epitome of a Saturday afternoon dad. <laughs> going into like I looked like I be- I was in the place I belonged like I was coming home you you you're you're the last shot in the shining when we find out that Jack Nicholson has always been hanging out at that hotel <laughs> yes exactly like I thought it was just like a a sitcom trope of like this is we're going to CAA you know this uh, casting department this this character walking into <laughs> the hardware store but i legitimately looked like i was in the middle of a project and had to go to the hardware store because i didn't have the piece i needed which is 100 percent what the situation was did, did you did you then find yourself just making common cause with all the other dudes in the store were you just nodding at every other kind of harried looking <laughs> dad with like maybe a, a, a screaming kid in their in their you know a shopping cart being like hey i get it man Working hard or hardly working, am I right? That's not, I don't know if that's really what, is that what guys say? That's what people in offices say. That's my only life experience. <laughs> okay, so so uh, you went, did, now, so you went to Menards to get this yeah. piece. Is now when we find out what the emergency was, or did, did you have yeah. further adventures at Menards? So I was having a great Saturday. I, like, half the day, I, I started this new routine where I'm getting up early and exercising right when I wake up, and, like, it's... Oof moved so much of my day around that I'm like by noon I've accomplished more than I usually accomplish in an entire weekend and so I was like writing high on this and uh I was washing some dishes after lunch in my kitchen sink Mm -hmm. and uh clue as soon as I finished the last dish and put it to the side to dry um I turned the sink off and I just heard a like a few Uh. few tippy taps and I'm like, well, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> and uh, open my, you know, cabinets below the sink, and yeah, there was a little bit of a slow leak there. Oh, you don't want that. I mean, nope. not a fast leak though. It was not a fast leak, but um, I had recognized. I think I had caught it in time. There was a mold issue though. Mm. And- so, so you sold your house. <laughs> Water is I, life. I, I had a I had a, a very brief mouse mice scare uh, mm. a few months ago, and 
water scares me more than mice. I, really? I will tell you that now after this. The uh, what are you? The aliens how... from Signs or something? <laughs> the the <sighs> amount of damage it can do so quickly is mind boggling. Mm. Which is why I feel fortunate that I caught this in time. So, like, okay, now I don't want to get too lost in the the weeds with my homeowning stuff. I just I find it fascinating that like, you know, one year ago I didn't know any of this shit, and like mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. shocked at how much I'm learning and how quickly I'm taking to it. Like I'm actually outside of like the the frustration of trying to squeeze into a tight space like underneath your sink and get one fucking bolt off that is like mineral encrusted you know to the pipe you know that shit is frustrating but the mechanics of it i find like really interesting and fun it's a a puzzle wow um and so i i don't know i'm the whole thing is is interesting to me and i don't want to bore people with it but like uh my particular house doesn't have a water softener so the water is really hard and Mm. no one bothered to you know clean the mineral deposits off of the faucets you know in the 20 years since they installed the faucet and Mm -hmm. so like it's just creating issues backup issues and um yeah i so i i would you say that homeownership maybe in a way is kind of like fatherhood that maybe fixing up <laughs> fixing up a house and also trying to fix up one to three boys maybe there's certain commonalities between the two because it's you're you're taking ownership over something precious that you invest so much of yeah, your time yeah. and your money in and you come to I'm assuming really care about it and wanting it to be its best and wanting to do the best for it and learning its quirks and how best to work with those quirks I mean well, listen, I've learned my lessons from our earlier seasons doing this show that I am never going to comment on parenting ever again. So yeah. I cannot answer that question. <laughs> here, I'm going to turn this a little bit into, turn, turn like, um, here's some helpful, true advice <laughs> uh, that, like, you might have a mold problem. Mm-hmm. If like check this, check your faucets. A you know, get that mineral deposit off there quickly. Uh, Landon had a had a near mold experience, and now he's sharing his knowledge from the other side with the world. Well, okay, I, I, this is why I'm tying it into home improvement because I feel like home improvement tool time. You know, they have the tool time show that gives you no good advice ever. Like, why yes. is the show still on the air? But Landon, uh, did you bake a cake sort of- after you fixed the sink? That's what I need to know. <laughs> I did have a donut. Um, yeah. The this is what I would hope to get from a tool time, which is like I'm not someone who's prone to headaches. I Mm -hmm. when I get them, they're debilitating, but I've had kind of a headache for like the last week Mm. and I've had an uncommonly runny nose for the last week. And once I started to piece this all together, it was like. I always had this headache right before I went to bed. Well, what I do right before I go to bed is wash the the dirty dishes from dinner. Uh, so I'm right above the place where the mold was. Mm. So if you have these symptoms, you know, go check for mold. It could be, you know, um, warning signs that there is something in your house. Wow. See? I didn't know that before this. I'm See, just and, like, oh, and, I got allergies. <laughs> and so as a as a non-homeowner who is kind of trapped in a rent-controlled apartment that definitely has all kinds of mold and bubbling warped ceilings and water leaking <laughs> all over the goddamn place, uh, yeah. I don't really have... I, I can't improve it on my own, and I also can't really leave, so I can just uh, kind of think about, oh, this is where the headaches are coming from. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> there you go, yeah. 
I mean, that's one more piece you could take to make a case against your landlord. Well, okay, yes. If it if it involves me thwarting my landlord in any way, then I then I fully um, (laughs) then I fully support it. Um, Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you I'm glad that you found that though, and I'm glad that you got that. um, I don't know. Like I, I I feel like. I feel like you, and also you love horror movies, and I feel like homeowning every minute is kind of a horror movie because every sound you hear in the house, first it's like, is that someone coming in to kill me? And then if not, it's like, oh God, is something wrong with this house? Do I have to spend money? Do I have to figure out what it is? Yeah. I, you, well, so, so like the the way, I mean, okay, this, so the, the situation is not resolved yet. Um, mm-hmm. The I, I'll, I'll spare the details and just say I need a new kitchen faucet. Oof. Uh, so, which, you know, it's, they aren't terribly hard to install. It's not a plumbing problem, which is the thing I was dreading. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, and I, this is why water scares me, is like, it drips below the sink, but then, you know, there's the bottom of the cabinet that is, you know, there's a, a good four inches between that and the actual floor floor mm-hmm. that it could be dripping between the pipes and, like, creating moisture and mold between you know, the bottom of the cabinet and the floor that I wouldn't know about. And there'd be lots of mold in there. And it would require not only pulling out the, the floor of the cabinet uh, and getting a carpenter <laughs> involved, including, um, you know, a mold specialist, but then possibly tearing out part of the floor and replacing that. Like that Ugh. shit gets expensive real fast. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just today, before we started recording, this happened over the weekend. We're recording on Wednesday. Um, I, was almost certain I got rid of all of the mold under the sink. I, you know, did all kinds of remedies. I had the mold spray. Um, <clears throat> I dried it out. I had all kinds of ventilation going. Uh, then today, I was just coming home. I have a bathroom right off of the kitchen. And um, Brag. <laughs> as I lifted the, the seat cover, yeah, uh, there were spores growing on the seat. What? So like it had traveled from the kitchen to another place of moisture what? into the bathroom. And now I'm like, do I did I get rid of it all? Is it still floating around here? And I like... am dealing with a stuffy note, like a little bit of a drippy nose here while recording today. So it's like you've been it's like you're being haunted by mold. It's it's like you you exercised it from under the sink, but then it just traveled into your toilet. Like is it and that's how it works, yeah. Oh, so who knows what's happening underneath the cabinets? Like that's so Ugh. you know, homeowning is just a constant state of paranoia. Okay, well, you know what? This is also giving me a more favorable <laughs> impression of California's fifteen-year uh, drought because uh, you know, not as much of an issue here. I don't feel like it's as pervasive because everything dries up so quickly. Um, yeah. I don't know. You just need to, you know, just need to fuck up your water supply somehow. Just get some wildfires going. <laughs> Well, I got to get a faucet and then I got to get a water softener and then I got to pay for the installation and, you know, keep an eye on, you know, the cabinet and making sure nothing grows. It's just like, oh, my God. I, Luckily, my basement isn't finished yet, so I could see the floor. And if it if there's any kind of moisture or black mold that starts spreading into the basement, then, oh, boy, I really got a problem. But so far, so good. You know, and I, I keep I listen I keep listening to this and thinking like, oh God, it sounds like so much stress owning a house. So much you're always having to monitor all these different things and worry about them. But then I think about the kind of video games I play that are all like civilization style management simulators and stuff. And it's like all I do <laughs> yeah. is just like, oh God, so they're gonna do a rebellion in that city. Now I gotta like spawn more army units and so like I'm I'm simulating that same experience <laughs> of trying to keep on top of a series of disasters. I just yeah. generate no equity from it or no life skills. <laughs> So, congratulations for moving to the next level of video games, I guess. 
<laughs> we are all living in a simulation, so no, well, that, that's good. But yours, yours goes even deeper. Good for you. Yeah, <laughs> matrix inside your matrix, a cake inside a cake. Um, well, oh. th- boy, this week's episode, though. I would say I'm, not a piece I, of cake. This is the thing. I realize I, I'm talking extra long about this because I just I, I'm gonna have avoidance issues with today's episode. There's just no way of getting around. <laughs> it did, so so I, I think that both of us were lulled into maybe a false sense of I don't know if security is the right word, but we didn't think that this season had a lot up its sleeve after the first episode, and then um, and then that sleeve opened, folks, and there was this episode <laughs> lurking inside, <laughs> packed tightly with emotions and big feels. I'm gonna I'm gonna save some of my commentary for the personal reflections, but Jeremy, can you give us a, a quick synopsis of what happens if you can hold it together while doing it? <laughs> yes. Randy and his girlfriend Lauren both applied for a year-long environmental justice activism program in Costa Rica, but only Lauren has been accepted. Randy is heartbroken to be separated from his lady love until a surprise phone call reveals that a spot has opened up in the program and he can go to the jungle after all. Jill is shocked and terrified at the thought of her son disappearing to Central America for the next 12 months, which prompts Tim to tell Randy that he should stay in Michigan so his mom won't be sad. Randy is furious, and with a little help from Wilson, Tim realizes that his advice to Randy was prompted by his own unresolved feelings about the boy's departure. (sighs) So, (laughs) do you, do you, I mean, all seriousness uh aside do you want to try to wager a guess at that title yes i have three options um the first one rand asunder (laughs) okay you know when you 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 tear when something is torn apart such as a family or a a podcaster's heart it is is just (laughs) rent asunder um second option the goodbye boy okay and right. uh, uh, third option, suburb to jungle. <laughs> yeah, right. We can laugh. We can smile. <laughs> oh, my God. That's I, the one. That's I, the one. I hope to God he falls in a river when he's in Costa Rica. I really do. It would make my life. <laughs> okay. Was, was um, were any of those right? No. Uh, and I haven't looked ahead to the titles of the future episodes, but I'm starting to see a trend in their, uh, their, their creativity here. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to give you a clue? Yeah, I give mean, me a clue. I'll, I'll give you a clue that points right, like a thousand fingers pointing right at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give, give, give me this clue. Um, how would you say goodbye in Costa Rica? Uh, adios. 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 Ding, 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 ding. I'm so happy. <laughs> Landon, this, this episode This aired. episode. On September 29th, 1998, directed yep. by Jeffrey Nelson again, uh, written by John Vandergriff. Now, mm. I meant to mention this last episode. Do you see how I'm, I'm delaying talking about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're putting it off. We're putting it off. <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention this last episode, but we have an interesting new uh, credit this season, uh, starting last episode, and it continues this. I, I should uh, notice uh, these things. Writing credit, uh, based on Tim Allen's standup. Oh well, I've seen that in the. I feel like I've seen that in in the like full on opening credits. Or have I? It, there, there's. It's always at the end of the credits uh, mm, where oh, it's the like end, the very yeah. last thing that comes up. Yeah. But now Tim Allen is credited as a writer because it's based like a you know how. 
a movie would be based on a book and that mm-hmm. author is you know based on that. So he's getting a writing credit now for all of the episodes. That is uh, that that is a lot of things, but I like that. Um, at this point, I mean, eight, like by now on the show, no one even remembers that this guy did stand up comedy. Like that, like this is so far removed from his com- his comedy ever being relevant. Everyone only knows him as a sitcom and movie star, but now he's yeah. dropping that so he could get an extra, you know, couple hundred bucks a week. You, I, you uh, know, I mean, I, those residuals, I, yeah, for sure. Kind of, kind of still respect it. Honestly, I, I, I guess I don't have an issue. It's just kind of ironic. How did you feel about this episode, Truman? Uh, Home Improvement is one of the most wildly inconsistent television series in history. <laughs> just that that they can go from just a clumsy, fucked together stinker of an episode like last week to something like this, which is so genuinely heartfelt and moving and contains incredible performances from every cast member and got me choked up and sitting there like... Um, having some real feelings and empathy with a bunch of characters who I was deriding last week as being hollow and completely underwritten. It's, I, I, I think of it as, um, uh, the the X Files uh, has. It, I, I don't. I have not watched a lot of X Files. My girlfriend is a huge X Files fan, and she will always tell me before we watch an episode. Don't worry, this is a monster of the week episode. It's not a conspiracy arc episode. Like there's two kinds of X Files episodes. There's yeah. ones that are just like, oh hey, this is just a standalone fun thing, and there's yeah. episodes where you need to have seen the others. I, I love them I, both. And I yeah, and exactly. And I feel like with Home Improvement, there's dumb bullshit episodes, and then there's <laughs> really great top top notch top tier sitcom television episodes and i don't yeah. love them both <laughs> i love one more than True. the other yeah Agreed. um yeah how did you feel about this episode landon starting the timer now <clears throat> uh uh it was it was a little too real i don't want to get too personal Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've revealed a lot about myself on this show over the years. Uh, this is, okay. I'll I'll kind of tell you how I felt about this episode by telling you. Uh, uh you know, I'm not even going to that story. I'm just I, there's a lot of teasers here. I guess I'm doing, yeah. and no, I'm not actually showing any meat in my pie. Um, well, you're vegetarian, so I would hope they're you know, <laughs> if I were if I had some, I'd want to keep it hidden too. <laughs> God, um, I think my brain twisty, tongue twisty uh, response to this tells you just how kind of fucked up it, it made me. Um, listen, you and I are both people who, when we left the nest, we moved to another state. Yep. Uh, it touched on some real fucking things for me. And mm-hmm. I, uh, instead of processing and dealing with it, just said, that was an episode of TV. I'm going to go make some dinner now. Goodbye. Uh, and put it out of my head since then. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I cried maybe three times during this episode. And I don't even think they were really like, you should cry at this point moments in the show. It was just like things that touched a little too closely on real life experience for me. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I have, I guess, instead of personal reflections, I have more questions for you uh, that I, I guess I should put out now rather than maybe at the end. But do you feel like this was a good send off? Of of Randy, I I I do. I think this was um, 
I think, that, yeah, I, I really am shocked at how good this was. I've seen characters be clumsily written off of so many shows. Yeah. There is a show, there is a TV series called Kevin Can Wait starring Kevin James. Where, <laughs> We've talked about this before. Okay, yeah, where they, they basically, they kill off his wife between season two and three so they can bring back Leah Remini. And that is just, oh, yeah, gosh, I'm really sad my wife died. I don't know. There, the shows, <laughs> I've seen characters disposed of with so little thought or care. And the, and this episode, they didn't just they didn't just tell the story of this is why Randy has to leave. They also still made it a story that is about Tim and Jill's relationship to one another yeah. and that is about Tim's development as a person and Tim's growth, which I think is both a great send-off for Randy and also a great example of what this show can be at its absolute yeah. best. It, that's the reflecting pool that was a little hard for me to look into, to be honest with you. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it did, like, bring up, go, oh, I maybe have a few other big areas of my life I <laughs> I could do with some therapy for. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I would have, I mean, listen, the, the circumstances surrounding this was, you know, we need to write Randy off, you know, immediately. And under those circumstances, I think this was a, a fantastic job of doing that uh, paying yes. respect to the, you know, the history of all of the characters and the relationships, um, you know, it, on a, on a more satisfying level, if circumstances weren't what they were, I would have liked, uh, you know, an arc over a couple of episodes. Like I don't really feel satisfied um, in the relationship specifically with Mark. It was like, Mark, yeah. Mark's back to joke assassin status here <laughs> yeah, where he gets like two lines and I don't really feel like there's any real satisfying wrap up to all the years that Randy was shitty to Mark. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, hey, we'll always have being shitty to Mark is the way that he, he you know, um, relates to Brad. It, it is. I mean, it is fitting and true to the rest of the series the fact that mark is just sort of an afterthought and largely forgotten i'm not saying it's it's okay or anything um what what movie was was jtt leaving for a specific movie or was this just his career overall going to college he wanted to he wanted to go to college Okay, so it was a college thing, not a career, yeah. my career is getting too big thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I and now, th- I I don't want to speak to personalities behind the scenes, but I know that there was a, you know, th- that was a bit contentious. Um, I I don't know the full story. I don't think it's ever been fully told. But um, obviously Tim Allen, w- you know, wanted the show to continue the way it was continuing, and you know, it. I think they came to a good place with it, but. Um, from my understanding, that was like, you're re- really leaving in season eight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, um, we, yeah. it, and I don't know, it's, um, I like, I really, I, I, well, I mean, it's not like I had any strong opinion about JTT de- deciding to leave the show either way. Knowing that he was doing it because it's like he wanted to just go to college and get a real education, I mean, I almost respect that more than him leaving to further his film career. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, it's just like, I, I have known people, uh, I met people in college, or one person at least, who had been a child actor who was in full-on movies and stuff, and then just yeah. was like, eh, no, I want to be a normal person, I, I, this is not for me. And so I respect, um, I respect him wanting to live kind of, or have some shot or at normalcy or some shot at planning for the future because being, 
you know, being the ages he was and being basically the the most popular person on the show from time to time, if not for the last couple of seasons, and being yeah. one of the most popular, like, teen heartthrobs in the country, that's got to do a number on you. And I, I really applaud him, you know, wanting to just go to school and, you know, get some perspective on it and not just leaning completely into the celebrity life. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely... I, anytime someone chooses to go to school versus continuing their you know, whatever career uh, is always something I think to celebrate. So it depends on the school. If it's one of, uh, I don't know if it's like, if it's the bank robber school from Oliver twist, maybe not. (laughs) If it's, if it's one of those, if it's like a a Taliban school for terrorists or something, also not great. Don't go to that one. Um, Right. Whatever, uh, whatever Kanye school was. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go to the yay Academy. That one is not, uh, that one's not good either. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess we can, we can talk more about our feelings uh, because I would, I would love a distraction as we go through uh some of these scenes so um yeah why don't we uh why don't we pack our rain pants uh rain pants mm-hmm. uh our mosquito mask get our passports and vaccinations and get ready to travel over two thousand miles away to the deep dive i'm gonna grab some kleenex as well because i am gonna be a hot mess on the plane okay <laughs> so never in life has the cold open of an episode <laughs> so <laughs> underprepared me for what was coming next? Has there been just more of a disconnect between wacky shenanigans and getting punched <laughs> in your heart's dick? Um, <laughs> it just and this we are we are on tool time and it's not Heidi introducing it. It's not a shot of the audience. It's not starting with ba da 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 da. It is Tim and Al on stage talking into the camera. Boom! Second one, you are thrown right into it. Just saying, yes. "Hey, we're having a bunch of musicians on in a competition to decide what the lyrics to the Tool Time theme are going to be. Let's go!" And it's just, which is something American Idol. Here we go, American Idol, but but laser targeted to a thing that I feel like you and I talk about and think about yes. all the time. Every time yes. I'm dropping the Tool Time theme into the beginning of our episodes, I am thinking up little lyrics to it. Uh, agreed so okay is there anything else uh important that happens here or i mean do we want to start to dissect the contestants that they have on here uh let's see um the grunt creeps is uh, the grunt creep is standing on a two by four the board breaks and he falls off uh and also the contestants will be singing and then heidi or tim will gong them off like on the gong show by hitting a sledgehammer against a uh, hubcap um okay (laughs) So yeah, let's uh, let's go through it. There are three contestants who we see. Three three contestants, um, one solo singer and two groups. Yes. Uh, the first guy that comes out, uh, his name is Walt. Um, uh, I thought it was Wade. It was Wade Waller. Oh, Wade. Wade. I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, so it's Wade Wade Waller. He is a carpet installer, and he uh, also <laughs> plays the guitar. And he's wearing on his kneecaps like a carpet installer's like vinyl knee pads that you use yeah. to be on your hands and knees. I need to get some of those for under my sink. <laughs> <laughs> also, has anybody else noticed how many? craftsmen and tradesmen in the detroit metro area are also musically talented I, i'm basing this off of wade waller and all of the can be construction guys but it just seems like a lot of them um agreed i mean yeah. that woman played the the saw as well although i realize that's a musical instrument unto itself but oh okay no you're right that's a very that's a very good one that's we're up to like five now that's that... <laughs> well you know what i forgot to do last week um and i don't know how to how you want to rectify this i didn't go into character actor corner Oh, you didn't, week. I guess. Well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, why don't we just go into character actor corner really hard this week? 
Okay. I'm, well, I, we had some special ones last week, but um, we'll we'll figure out a way to to come yeah, up we'll, with we'll, it. We'll honor them in the super spectacular. We'll do it. We'll okay. do a special bonus episode about them or something. It, it's gonna it's gonna be weird for people to listen to us <laughs> talk about a bunch of character actors for yeah. a whole other episode. I know. Again, I'm just I'm just trying to give myself distance before talking about this episode. That's fine. Uh, then this is a safe space. Wade Waller is played by Dennis Cockrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, 119 acting credits. Ooh. Believe it or not. Uh, goes way, way back to 1982 um, in a TV series called Chicago Story. He mm. was in the short-lived Uncle Buck TV series <gasps> playing a character called Skank. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that a man was playing someone called Skank. That is that is a note for progress. Also, uh, uh, he was on Cheers. Hello now. Hello. What episode? <laughs> uh, movie, or movie, a uh, episode called i have lost my space uh loathe and marriage in 1993 oh okay a yeah a season 11 episode starring leah remini oh wait oh that would be okay that's leah remini is uh is carla's daughter who's getting married and carla is having issues about that and yeah he plays pat mcdougall okay okay yep 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 yep. um wow wild times Uh, okay uh, Next Generation, Brisket County Jr., Voyager, Jag. Um, <laughs> okay. To answer okay. your question, yes, he was on NYPD Blue. All right. That's very good. That's very good. Yes, he was on Frasier. Oh. In a movie, or episode a movie. Why <laughs> Don't tease me with <laughs> this, the concept this, of Cheers and Frasier movies, Landon. <laughs> this mole is like fucking up my brain. Yeah. Uh, episode called Analyze Kiss. Ooh, I think I remember that one too. Okay, okay, very clever, very clever. Niles goes to a gun range. Yeah, yes, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Niles Niles becomes a gun nut. That's that's good times, good times. <laughs> Was this dude on ER? Um, I'm gonna say yes, he was. In 1997, in an episode called Tribes, he Beautiful. was on an episode of ER. I not not surprised, not surprised. I mean, this guy, this guy, you know, seems like a journeyman. I'm honestly surprised based on how big these roles were and other things that he didn't have more lines on this. But I guess he got to sing <laughs> and dance a little uh, bit. Yeah, in this one he did. Uh, no, no word whether or not he played uh, music in any of these other 119 credits he has. But wow, good, well, good so, for you, okay. Wade Waller. Back to Wade Waller. Tell us a little bit about his musical act. Okay, so he's got a guitar. He's got he's got the knee pads on. He uh. He's kind of nervous as he comes out, and he uh, he counts himself off by like knocking his his knee pads together, which is kind of funny. So it's like click, click, a click, 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 and then he starts strumming this guitar, <laughs> and he sings uh, he sings to the tune of the the Tool Time theme his lyrics. Now, do you have these lyrics written down? Uh, no, you told me that you had these, so I did not bother to do so. Exactly. So he sings. Here's a song about tool time. It's here now. Here's a song about tool time. And here it is. Here's a song about tool time. And about this point, Tim gongs him off. <laughs> um, now, what what freaked me out about Wade Waller's rendition is that most of the time that I am threading words to the tool time theme in my head, uh, just kind of off the dome, they are basically this. <laughs> uh 
Yes, likewise. <laughs> I mean, well, look, what in my head, regardless of what the other words are, the na-na at the end of it is always tool time. Like, everything always leads to tool time. So I think he really, he tapped into that aspect, at least, of, of everybody's uh, lyrics to the tool time theme. Um, Not mine. Yeah? I have a different one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. I mean, listen. We. I think we. You know. There's. There's a little. There's a little extra treat coming up for you guys later. But we'll. We'll, <laughs> we'll save that for once we've seen what the competitors okay. have. All I right. Mean, so he gets gonged off, and who comes up next? Okay. Next, we've got a. We've got the flannels. Love the flannels presentation. It is four bearded dudes in red and black flannel shirts who and jeans who all kind of stride out in step with each other, like moving their hands like a doo-wop group almost, <laughs> like an acapella group. Well, no, Landon. Like an oh. Al Capella group is oh, what they. Fuck you. That no, that's what they say. That's what they say to Tim when he says they'll be. I singing. know, and f- fuck all of them as well. No, no, uh, no. Anti fuck them. Although all of these dudes definitely fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and Al is just. By the way, when they say that they're singing Al Capella, Al is exactly as delighted as I am by them saying Al Capella. Gives <laughs> it. Gives a little knee knee slap and a snort, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Al Capella also sounds like a minor character on The Sopranos, just tossing that out. Um, well, I, I'm going to throw you uh, a tasty little tidbit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you could take this home with you because I know uh, I know Kirstie is a Disney head. Yeah. Um, this a cappella group is otherwise known as the Haunted Mansion Singers. Yeah. <gasps> Oh well, I've uh, right. I've not been on, but that's a cool collection. Uh, a cool connection, all the same. Okay, so they're they like? Do, are they just a group that sings outside the haunted mansion, or are they a part of the ride? No, there, there's. Well, since you haven't been on the ride, which is shocking to me, um, there's I, I, a uh, a moment where there's like talking, uh, not disembodied heads. I guess they're like, I don't know how to oh, describe yeah. it. If you haven't seen it, it's like the. The Grim Grinning Ghost song, something like that. Yeah, ghosts have possessed like old busts in uh, the yeah. thing. So it's yeah, so I'm familiar with this concept. Okay. Yes. Got it. Yeah. So that's the they, they sing the a cappella ghostly ghost songs. Oh my god, that is that is some that is some Disney entertainment synergy right there. They're part of my youth, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so wait, did you recognize them on site? No, I did not. They're all wearing fake beards, like they just came from a fucking heist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's I guess that's true. So, but so even with their their uh, dulcet tones, you didn't know who you were actually hearing. No, so, nope. So they they all they all sing harmonizing just beautifully. Uh, here's a here's a question though. Yeah. I mean, can you recognize acapella singers? Like that's the whole point mm. of their thing is that their voices are disguised in harmony. I mean, okay. So can you recognize them by face or by sound? By sound. I mean, I, I, if they weren't re- wearing fake beards, I mean, you could recognize their face as well as you could recognize anyone's face, I guess. But if you I, I happen to know, if you're that big of an acapella stand that you know what an acapella singer's face looks like. Look, I'm going to just say, as someone who's spent uh, a lot of time around musical theater fans in my life, I, and acapella fans, I think I, I think that it's possible to, to be so into it that you can recognize a, a person's voice. I am not... There's only... A There's only fan. one that I can think of as far as acapella is concerned, and it's rockapella. Of course, yeah, uh, from Carmen Sandiego, yeah. From, Car- from Carmen Sandiego or the really fucking weird dude that worked at Sam Goody when I was there who rockapella was his 
favorite band, and he would play it over the speakers while he worked, and we dreaded, <laughs> we all dreaded fucking working with him. I'm, I know, I now want that scene in American Psycho, but it's just Patrick Bateman <laughs> is obsessed with Rockapella instead. <laughs> there was a point in my life where the the vision of hell that I had in my head was someone blaring acapella music over loudspeakers while I was driving through Nebraska. <laughs> I feel like they really peaked creatively with the theme song for Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, but it's actually a statement about their the need to find oneself in an increasingly complicated 90s world. Um, oh, you know, and then and then he and then he hits the guy with the axe. Um, I I Okay, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of rockapella. There's not a there's a there's one there's only one rockapella, but there are a lot of college acapella groups out there. Yes, and at there least are. at the at the college, uh, p- perhaps too many. And at the college I went to, at <laughs> least there there was a there was a certain subset of the population, uh, and I'm gonna just profile them as white girls who were really really actively into our college acapella group and other college acapella groups. And I think that any one of them, any one of the Tiffany's or, or Emily's or Ashley's uh, could put in an ear pod and immediately identify their favorite from that group. So I rest my case with zero actual concrete evidence. (laughs) Spoken like a true podcaster. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so these okay, dudes. Now, now, give me give me a little rundown of these these folks, what they're doing here, because I got a point of contention I want to bring up after you give us some context. Okay, so here they they sing, and this is the point at which they stop the the contestants stop even trying to match what the tool time theme is. This is now, just and that's become, my point of contention. Doesn't yeah. that automatically dis- disqualify them? Like the thing I, is, <laughs> what are lyrics to the tool time theme song? Not make up your own tool time theme song. And also, they're competing differently. I mean, if if Wade Waller had written his own song, maybe like Wade Waller's yeah. biggest issue seems to be that he was constrained by the format of the existing song. Do you think he's standing backstage watching the flannels, being like, "Wait, I could have written my own thing"? <laughs> These motherfuckers! I'm gonna Waller them into. Uh... I don't know Castle of Astro- uh, what's the the Edgar yeah. Allan Poe story? Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna wallow them in with his Amontillado. If there's if there's yes, one yes. thing this <laughs> this musical carpet layer loves, it's it's fine wines in basements, um, <laughs> and, and and I guess writing beautiful lyrics for songs, which he was not able to do. Um, so the the. The flannels come out and they sing, everyone gets set for tool time, and then they harmonize on wrenches, everyone gets set for tool time, ratchets, and they just go circular, circular, I'm really doing myself a disservice, A, not being able to sing, and B, trying to harmonize with no one, I guess, um, circular, <laughs> circular, circular, saw, and they all warble on that, and everyone, everyone, uh, really... Uh, goes nuts uh truman taking notes writes that was beautiful i guess i was already moved going into this episode (laughs) and so tim Uh, you you say beautiful this is like the epitome of cringe to me i I, there's something about acapella that really just gets under my skin Uh, it's i i hate to be judgmental uh but i just i when i see acapella singers i'm just like you're you're grown men (laughs) <laughs> and you're you've chosen to do this in a public setting yeah, people can see you you're not in your shower right now <laughs> I, it just it really bothers me i don't know why i, I mean i i look at i look at acapella like uh, i mean it, i think it is cringe to a certain degree but also i look at it and i'm like well you know 
I mean, I can't do that, and they worked really hard on it, and they're certainly good at it. Like, I don't know, it's like the same way I feel like when I watch most any sport. It's like, well, they, they not, could have they, donated their time to get people to vote. I, <laughs> they could have done know. other things than perfecting. I, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure Rockapella has done some kind of Rockapella the vote uh, voter registration drive somewhere <laughs> at some point. <laughs> And that and and that's why George W. Bush was president. Uh, okay. But yeah, it's not really my thing. But I just it's like, well, that's some skill and some artistry right there. I'm glad that it went on. <laughs> I'm glad that it went on for the 25 seconds that it went on for, and not much more. But th- so then, and honestly, I think that Tim's opinion is similar to mine because Tim Tim says, "Wow, that was great. You guys made it to semifinals," and they'll they'll go semifinals. And Tim says, "Yeah, you were great. We were great." And then they just like- they keep harmonizing on everything he says i hate it i didn't like it i like okay i i didn't i don't like the acapella i like the bit like this whole the whole opening you know it, it played in the tapestry of of the whole thing that i i appreciate but just i don't know i wanted to take the mallet that he was using on the gong and just kind of clonk them over the heads with it three I, stooges I, style he he probably wound up doing that because they keep they keep harmonizing on everything he says, and Tim is getting more and more pissed at them. He, the last thing he says is, guys, you're pushing it. And they all go, we're pushing it. <laughs> I, I Okay, maybe, maybe I like acapella more than I'm letting on since I seem that didn't disqualify me from enjoying the bit. Um, <laughs> so then Heidi says, so Heidi says, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. She says seven words that make a gigantic anime sweat drop start dangling off my forehead, which is, oh, our no. next contestants are a rap group. And <laughs> just, oh, yes. what's, what, what, how, how are you guys going to handle this home improvement? I'm not, I'm not confident you're going to do well. Yeah, and, you know, they didn't do well, but they didn't botch it totally. I mean, it's about what I expected. <laughs> there's there's a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode from, like, 1992 uh, where Crow T. Robot uh, raps briefly, and it is it is one of, the, one of the few moments from Mystery Science Theater that I think really hasn't aged well, <laughs> and so I'm maybe <laughs> just naturally sensitive. Um so they call they bring out LL Tool J and Grandmaster Ugh. Bash. They are played I, and I'm not going to go too deep into these cuz they they're mostly musicians but um and don't hate the players either. Played by Stefan and Sam Sarpong. Um not too much to note except for one really important thing. Although I should say Sam Sarpong actually has 72 credits. So I, oh, okay. let me, let me go into this real quick. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit deeper than I anticipated. Um, much like this started, episode started, uh, I don't know. I, I'm nervous. Cause a lot of, okay, here's what I mean. I'm just going to read the facts and I'm not going to infer any commentary on it. Oh, wow. His first credit was in my so-called life. Uh, okay. Playing a character called Andre. Oh, mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, this is totally on me. You, you choose whether you want to edit this out or not. Um, I saw. I thought the character name was Self-Esteem. That's the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, and then I saw another one <laughs> that's uh, Twinkle Toes Feldo. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, so this is just going to be a bunch of, like, you know, quote unquote sitcom gangsta names. Um, I, no, these are just episode titles, and I'm reading the, the 
character names wrong. Oh, oh, okay, but has there ever been a better gangsta name than self-esteem? That's really good. That's that's the rapper I want to be. MC Self-Esteem. Just doing raps about why people should feel good about themselves. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so he started in My So-Called Life. Um, had a, a episode of Family Matters. He was... Uh, uncredited in american history x um mm. yeah the question is was he on er uh, i'm gonna say no he was not on er in 2004 oh my fucking god he <laughs> was in an episode me. called drive playing a character called antoine okay well <laughs> so i don't that's sam sarpong i did not expect to go down that alleyway with him and and get those those treasures but um, well, I, there, there's one more notable thing. This is the thing I thought I was going to be talking about. Stefan, who plays LL Tool J, uh, he is the Sherwood Forest rapper in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, okay. All right. So he kind of got typecast as a guy who, who raps a whole yeah. lot. Uh, and so you can see the context for <laughs> the faux pas I made on the last guy. But that that's about all else he's done. I, I mean, he has 10 credits, but nothing else very notable. And if Allie I... If McBeal. I and if if I sound if I sound distracted right now, it's because I'm looking over my notes and realizing that I did not, in fact, write down all of the lyrics to their rap song. I got oh, pretty close. Bummer. I don't know if this is gonna. I don't know if this this compromises now what we're uh, what we're trying to do here, and if I should pause and go go write down the the words from the whole thing. Uh, no, I, I okay. think give us the, give us a gist. Okay, okay. They come out immediately shot in a fisheye lens like a rap video. They run up to the camera, and their lyrics are. Yo, Tim's in the house, rock the house. Yo, Tim's in the house, rock the house, etc., etc., etc. Then they Yo, move Tim's on in to... the house, wreck the house. Ah, yep. And so then they do that a few more times, and then they go into a rap that is mainly about, like, they get, like, two verses in, and it's about Tim destroying kitchens, but then also that Tim will take your wife or something. And... <laughs> Uh, and, and Tim gongs them off. It was coming too fast for me to, for, for me to get all the notes down. And Tim just gongs them off and say, you diss the boss. That means you lost to rapturous applause from the audience. Um, yeah. So, so what do you think, Landon? I mean, how, how do you, how do you feel about LL Tool J and Grandmaster Bash? I mean, I don't feel like. I'm glad they had representation on the show. I don't feel like it fits the demographic of their audience, uh, no, of the full-time yeah. audience, so I no. wouldn't pick them as the winner. Um, yeah, it'd but, be kind of a bum rap, yeah. You know, I would Literally. definitely, as you know, an executive of the show that's making the decision about what the theme song is going to be moving forward, go, you know what, that's interesting. I wonder if we have another show on the network that could benefit from, you know, talented dudes like this. So yeah. I would uh, maybe not cast them as the winner, but keep them in it, my... It, back pocket yeah you'd cast them in an episode of er to to frustrate me down the line <laughs> exactly so uh so then of the of the three who's your pick then i'm afraid i know um i think the the winner is the original tool time theme song wait just with nothing with nothing come on with, i mean with, with, with no lyrics it's, if you it's have a to jam on its own if you it, have to in, choose between the invokes, three it invokes the imagination of everyone listening to come up with their own if they had lyrics you would be changing the lyrics anyway when you're in your kitchen. Well, now I'm washing my dishes. You know, like, I, I think that putting lyrics on it inhibits. I, I, think, I, uh, I think you can't beat the original. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I when I sing along to the Cheers theme in my idle moments, I'm not singing like, and now I wash my dish. It's like, I'm all, it's, and now oh, you want to know. We are like, very I, different people then. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I, I don't know. Certain songs don't deserve the Weird Al treatment. <laughs> I think everything deserves the Weird Al treatment. <laughs> okay, well, this is the great, this is the great divide between us, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, so now speaking of giving things the Weird Al treatment. Um, yeah. Did you prepare some lyrics of your own for this the way I did? I did? Okay. Oh, yes. All right. I mean, I, I mean, I prepared them long ago. Well, I, you've just been... Wait, did you know this was this was coming? You've been waiting for this No, moment? no. Oh. I've just... I've The Tool Time theme song is the Grunt Work theme song. So every time I listen to one of our episodes, uh, just to make sure that I don't say something regrettable that's going to get me canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. You know, the song's in my head. So, like, as I'm doing my dishes, I'm coming up with lyrics. I've been doing it for the last five years of doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, now that our expectations are super sky high, what do you got? <laughs> uh, all right, here's what I got. Um, well, we're watching Home Improvement. Just kidding. It's actually called Tool Time. Now that's right. Does anyone know what time it is? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you went off the... You, you went off too. Does any... Yeah, like you... Come, come on, don't. No, 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 no. You, you, can't, you can't criticize the flannels for going off of the rhythm of the song when then you go off the rhythm no, I of just, the I song. Trun- I, I didn't go off the rhythm of the song. I just truncated the song. Okay, I mean, listen, if there was a vote between... Listen, I wrote out the whole song, so I'm just saying if people are voting on this at home, <laughs> I should win. When, when you're putting your finger on the scale before people are able to, to judge the two next to each other. I, I mean, you know what? I, well, given that there's nothing on the line and there's no stakes and no voting process, I think that I think that we can afford to to take the risk of maybe compromising the process okay. here. Okay. All right. So here's my take on the Tool Time theme. Are you ready for a tool show? Because it's tool time. Do you want to know what Tim knows? Then watch Tool Time. Check out Al wearing flannel clothes on each Tool Time. The grunt work Starts right now, here on Tool Time. It's Tool Time, watching Tool Time in the afternoon. And then it uh, kind of goes on from there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, folks, be, be Well, okay, be own, I be think you're judge. being a little presumptuous in thinking that this episode, or that the, the show airs in the afternoon. How do we uh, know it doesn't air in the morning? I, I mean, there. I see a lot of the boys sitting at home watching it during the day. I think it's I think it's on in the afternoon. <laughs> but he, getting... he does record them on VHS. Okay, that's true, but it might air multiple times. We and also yeah, since when is that's true. since when is theme song accuracy been the determinant of whether the theme song is is good or not? Like like nothing in Full House is about predictability or the attempt to return to it, but that still is in I the theme. I disagree. Song. I think the whole premise of the show is about that. <sighs> okay, well, okay, uh, cra- crack open another episode. Then we're going to discuss Full House <laughs> in the middle of our home improvement show. <laughs> Here um, we go. I think that four cold open topics, um, I would a million times rather see this than Tim baking a cake, unless they're going to oh, yes. bake cakes the way that we wanted them to last week. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I love it. I'm glad they, they cut this open. I just I just hope that this is part of a now an arc throughout the season of them. <laughs> like, as they say, like they, they told the flannels they got to semifinals. So this implies some sort of American Idol style uh, uh, bracket system. <laughs> I hope that we see other contestants and eventually crown a winner. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would love to see that over the, the course of the season. I don't, I wouldn't hold my, my breath for Gwen Stefani coming out and choosing a winner anytime soon, but. Well, I don't know. I mean, it was the, it was the 90s. She was, she was especially hot then. Maybe that's when <laughs> that's they true. were, you know, yes. they're like, hey, we got to get her out in front of a, you know, the, the, you got to promote. She was hungry. I mean, she's like trying to promote No Doubt and all that. So, yeah. Um, uh, well, okay. yeah. 
So, well, um, listen, yeah. Sherman, it's been an hour. Do yeah. We, do we get to the emotional part of this now? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, man, what a come down from the highest highs to the lowest lows. We meet. We go um, in from from the actual from the tool time theme song to the actual theme song. Mm-hmm. We come back from that. Yep. Uh, Randy and Lauren are in the gazebo. Uh, he is very bummed out because she's leaving for Costa Rica in, in just a few hours. Um, he, you know, it's going to be a year that she's gone. She explains, you know, she gives some helpful uh, explanatory dialogue about how they both applied for this program and she got in and he didn't. And that she's going to be protecting endangered species and collecting dung samples. And um, they're kissing and he promises he won't talk to any other girls while she's gone. And they're kissing and then we uh, see Tim and Jill watching through the blinds as their son <laughs> kisses his girlfriend. <laughs> and they both uh, relate that they're uh, really happy that uh, he's <laughs> not going to go to the jungle after all. And um, yeah. Not to uh, spoil a, a moment later in this episode, but where, where do you think Mark is hiding? Yeah, yeah. Mark Mark must, like, they must have so many different angles. This is the most surveilled kiss possible. <laughs> if, if Mark has his video camera, he's like, I don't know, he's up on a, on a you know, some kind of crane shot or something like yeah. that, or he's peeking yeah. over Wilson's fence. He's in that secret hiding spot by the fence, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's up in the tree that he hid in when he thought he was going to get taken back to the boys' <laughs> store. Honestly, that is probably the coolest angle you can get. Yeah, uh, yes, on, honestly, if you want to have a have a, an artful film of, of two people uh, <laughs> snogging. Yeah, I mean, it's, look, I just want to say it's, I'm not fully clear on what this program in Costa Rica is. I'm not, like, who's running it? Like, is it yeah. through the school? I, I'm not saying that that needs to be there. It's just the notion of, yeah, we're going to send our teenagers away for an entire year <laughs> not seeing them to the jungle. And who's the organization? Is yeah, it a church? How is this? How does it work in terms of their education? Are they postponing graduation a year? Are they like, how's that? Yeah. Are, are they going to get their education while they're out there? Is it supplanting their education? Does Randy speak Spanish? I, these these <laughs> and other questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't I don't know, like, protecting endangered species, that, that suggests to me, like, Greenpeace stuff. So it's like, yeah, we're yeah. a bunch of, bunch of teenagers from America are going to go out and, like, form a form a human chain between a bulldozer and a, and a rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if if so, I mean, great. This is what I love about Randy. He, uh, he, he puts it all on the line. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there's so much, like, world organization stuff happening in the 90s that I kind of feel like they just skated by on, hey, yeah, he's doing a he's doing one of those things. Yeah, it's one, about of, it. it's one of those Earth firsts, you know? And, don't ask too many questions. And, and look, it, it's right, because, like, don't ask too many questions. There's really no good way to explain, yeah, oh, yeah, this this under-18 uh, kid who is not college age, he's going to go away and you're never going to see him again. There's no good way to explain it, except for <laughs> it being that he died, but they already explained in an earlier episode that Randy will never die. He's immortal. He just has to take a pill. Um <laughs> Also, this episode, just since, you know, the elephant in the room, I guess, I don't know if it's an elephant in the room. The the thing that has been on my mind also is the Randy has potentially got cancer episode. That episode mm. felt so hacky to me. And this episode felt so, I don't know, this just felt more solemn than the episode that actually forced us to consider the possibility that Randy might die. Because all of us knew that he wouldn't because he was going to still be on the show. But now for the purposes right. of the show, he effectively... I'm sorry, maybe me saying this is not going to make it easier for us to get through the rest of this. But uh, <laughs> it, it, there's a more funereal feel to this episode. Yeah, there is. There, There's a genuine... And, you know, I always think about that, too, where it's like, I don't know, like, 
how do you let the audience know you're not faking them out? Like how, you know, because I feel like especially on a jokey sitcom, you know, mm-hmm. how how do you know that this isn't going to resolve with the normal status quo that we end up with at the end of a, a normal sitcom episode? Yeah. Um, what tone do you take? What narrative beats do you hit to make sure that, you know, they are going on the journey you want them to go on and not trying to predict how you're going to get back to, you know, square one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hopefully they, I mean, I feel like people probably knew at this point, just like the general public fans of the show probably had read in TV guide that JTT was leaving. But yeah, certainly. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a deft, it's a deft line to walk, but I don't know, but just everything in this episode which I still think is a pretty funny episode. I think it's pretty well written, but everything in this episode is still has a solemn and somber feel, except for the cold open, which is in a different world completely. Um, I, I don't know, but maybe yes. that's maybe that's just me knowing what I was getting as soon as I saw the first scene. Yeah, and you know the I don't know how much you went into it when you were talking because I just don't listen to you, but um, I, I, that's the- good. It's for your own health. <laughs> The uh, the scene kind of ends with him going inside after Lauren leaves and um, Tim and Jill are there. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, that was it. She's gone for a year now. And they they have this, you know, moment that we've seen on the show a, a number of times in a couple different variations where, you know, one of the kids is is dealing with something real. And uh, you know, whether it's cancer or just, um, you know, a, a breakup. And, you know, we I think we've seen it with Brad before where Tim and Jill are really good parents, you know, mm-hmm. and I, it sets the tone for the rest of this where they aren't like overly babying him. They're just kind of like they allow an open space for him to just state how he's feeling and then yeah. deal with that emotion, uh, you know, as it's presented rather than what they expect it to be or I don't know. I it's I think really as you said earlier, really good writing and and performances by all three of these people. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree. Um, it's uh, yeah, yeah. That that yeah. <laughs> agreement. I can't add anything to that. Although, <laughs> I, although I guess what I would in agreement. Yes, I'll bring it back. I guess the the one thing I would add is that Tim says that whenever he's upset about something, he goes out to the garage and works on a hot rod. And Jill says, whenever anything happens to you, you go in the garage <laughs> and work on a hot rod, which is which is funny. Yes. Um, so, well then, so we go to the next day where Randy is sitting at the table making a scrapbook for hey, what, Lauren. The transition? I feel like we keep skipping out on the transitions. And oh, such man. A, oh, it's it's the weird woman, uh, or favored woman. Oh, my God. That's favored right. Tim woman? makes Tim makes some sort of, uh, you know, joke that women have it easy, or, you know, women oh. are favored over men. Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something that my brain full-on deleted. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we transition. And honestly, because... Jill- Go on. Well, Jill Jill looks off and it freeze frames and she turns into a, a cover of a magazine called Favor Woman. This is the transition. And uh the, the headlines on it is she has it all and she's not giving it back. She earned it and uh, earned it and keeping it. I mean okay. I it weird. Weird kinda of weird. Just a weird a weird a weird one off joke to then turn into uh props a and visuals. Yes. <laughs> yes. I agree. We could have we could have just done a nice like jungle parrot bird transition or something like that. But <laughs> I, 
I could think of a million. We could have we could have Pink's yep. wife. You know who I'm talking about driving a car oh, yeah. straight into the camera. <laughs> um, it was a slip and slide. Uh, oh god, down into the camera. But yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. But it transitions us uh, a little bit later. Randy's working on a scrapbook. What's what's going on here? Uh, well, you know, he's just yeah, he's putting together a little mementos from their relationship, including some pasta, uh, you know, regarding their first date, which was at an Italian. Which restaurant. is true. Which is true. No, I saw that and I was like, oh, oh, I remember that. That was the finale <laughs> of season six. It was um, a good episode. Yeah, I know. I remember liking it. Um, Mark quips to him, "Well, good thing you didn't have fish that night." That's one of his joke. You know, that's his one special perfect joke bullet for for the first half of the episode. Mark the Um, Rifleman. uh, And then, uh, but then Randy gets a phone call, and uh, it turns out that uh, somebody, it's the program calling, somebody else dropped out, so now Randy gets to go, he's super excited. Uh, Tim and Jill come in, and he passes along this news that, hey, I I can go, and I'll be able to live near Lauren, and I'm leaving on Saturday, and he runs off and is super excited and Tim and Jill are both very shaken by this and uh, they uh, just kind of pass it off like they're excited and then they talk about how um, uh, scared they are about him going to Costa Rica and how they're not after sure if Randy they're okay walks with it. Out. Yeah, yeah, after, after, after Randy leaves. Yeah, Randy charges yeah. out excitedly. Uh, okay, so uh, this is the one criticism I have of the episode. The, 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 the length of the phone call and the amount of information Randy gets Yes, uh, is is a little comical to me. Yeah, just, he just, just ring, ring. He picks up the phone. What? Really? No kidding. This Saturday? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. And then he turns around to Tim and Jill, who just happened to be walking in. He's like, "I'm going to Costa Rica this Saturday." The guy Jill left out. I gotta go get my vaccinations. I can do it in a quick turnaround time. Like, <laughs> he has so much information from such a short phone call. It, the, the guy on the other end is the guy from the Micro Machines commercials who talks really, really fast. He's and and Randy has just downloaded a, a you know a couple terabytes of information like in the Matrix when they teach her to fly a helicopter. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, no, I, I agree. That is that is pretty wild. It would have made more sense for him to come in holding a letter or something, but, but fine, yes. fine, phone call it is. Um, they um, Tim and Jill are, are I don't know. I, I like that. I, I like the way that they both kind of just try and pass off like oh oh you're gonna actually go to the jungle on saturday okay and jill is saying oh you can't leave on saturday and randy says why not and she says well because that's the day before the day of rest <laughs> which <laughs> yeah i i like when jill gets into a uh I, I need to come up with an excuse that justifies my statement yeah uh, we've seen that a few times before but it's it always i know i always find it funny and, you know, when when Randy has left and they're both talking about it, you know, they're both saying, like, my child is going 2000 miles away. I won't see him for a year. They're both equally upset by this. And and uh, one of one of the few times uh, there's factual incorrection here. Um, oh, that's a phrase. I just. Well, yeah, that, that's that was a factual <laughs> incorrection too. <laughs> Costa Rica is thirty six hundred eighty three miles away from Detroit. Oh wow! So, wow, Jill, it's even worse than you thought. <laughs> yeah, it's almost twice as worse. Yeah, wow. Well, you're not nearly sad enough right now. Neither are we. Um, <laughs> well, and and Tim is saying, "Oh, we can't, we can't let him go. We can't let him go." And Jill is saying, "Well, no, we can't not let him go. Then he'll hate us for it." And Tim says, "Well, when he was eight, he had his heart set on a pony, but we didn't get him that." And Jill says, "Well, maybe if we got him the pony, you wouldn't be going to Costa Rica." And then Tim goes. I still know that pony guy. I can give him a call. It's probably a horse <laughs> by now, but who cares? And I, I thought, I, like, it, the, the writing is just so crisp and on point. And this is, again, this is the Tim that I like. This is the simplistic, 
I, I feel like this is a very authentic Tim jokes because it's Tim seeing it as this is a problem. Oh, I have a guy I can call who's a specialist in fixing this type of problem. I'll just call my pony guy and that fixes it. Like, I just think that's funny. I think the eagerness with which he's thinking about it is really amusing. Yeah. And also, I think it's great range to go from him being scared and upset about his son to transitioning into talking about buying him a horse to get him to stay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it does really accurately set up the trajectory for him for the rest of the episode of of um, setting up a, a, I don't know, deflection. I don't know if it's the right word, but, you know, not uh, some sort of alternative to stating how he feels, you know. Um mm-hmm. And right now he's joking his way through it uh, rather than coping with it or dealing with the immediate impact of it. And as we see in a minute, he has a much longer uh, con uh, up his sleeve. And and the the fact that he um, the fact that the way he's joking through it is not jokes at someone else's expense. They're not they're not yeah. hostile, scornful. I'm above this jokes. I mean, <laughs> right. You know, it it feel, it is something that could be mistaken for Tim actually believing this. He is either being wry in a way that is that is suggesting he's stupid, or he is actually that stupid. Or the two reads of the of the piece. Well, and it's it's a fine line. I mean, this is what we were talking about last week, where you know a lot of his stuff is supposed to, I think, come off as you know humorous because it's ignorant in a certain way, um, but. Because he's so aware of being above it, it comes off as dismissive. I think I said that last week. Mm. This is the the flip side of that coin, though, where it's like there he does have an ignorance of how he's feeling. And so what he's saying, I guess, could be construed as dismissive. But we as an audience see that he can't cope with it. And therefore, it is funny because he's ignorant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Or did I just talk in a pretzel? <laughs> no, no, you didn't. You did not talk in a pretzel. That did. That that does make sense. Okay. Um. Yeah. You know. It's just. It's a. It's a moment in which it. I don't know. He just feels. He feels a lot more human in this episode and yeah. relatable in this episode overall, which makes it easier to enjoy everything about his performance. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So I mean, unless you got more for that scene, then we're moving on to to uh, uh, Brad hanging out in Randy's room. Well, we get a cool transition there of kind of an Indiana Jones style map with a, a uh, well, it's actually the colors of the Costa Rica flag. It wasn't just mm. a red line. It's oh. red, red, white, and blue and a, a phantom plane going over the screen. But um, yeah, a little map transition down to Costa Rica. And, That's uh, pretty clever. Down to Randy's basement. Yes, down down south of the <laughs> south of the living room way. Um, <laughs> so so. Brad is hanging out with Randy uh, in his bedroom as Randy is packing his stuff up. And, and Brad is saying to him, oh, man, it's so cool that you and Lauren are going to be alone in the jungle so far away from, from you know, mom and dad and everybody else. And Randy <laughs> Randy explains, no, no, nothing like that's going to happen. Lauren's chaperone is six foot two, 250 pounds and very strict. I just And love- she is very strict. And she is very strict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love that the show had to had to just make it abundantly clear, no, they will not be fucking. Randy Taylor does not fuck. He will wait until I mean, marriage. Does. I mean, no, he obviously he does and uh, and will, but like 
uh, it's just, I, I like that it had to be written in, and it's like the first line in the episode. We just got to get it out of the, the way. ABC needs people to know that he's not going to be hooking up with his girlfriend in the jungle. There will be right. no sexual pleasure besides maybe some light kissing hands. Which we've already seen. Side. Yes. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Tim, Tim and Jill with their somersault contests where Jill wins twice, like that's all okay because there's a ring on her finger, but no, no. Right, right. The, the teenagers must not have lust. Yeah. Um. So what else happens here? I, that's it. They, we, we just find out they're not going to fuck. Uh, no. Um, you know, Brad and Randy talk some more and it's a re- they have a really sweet scene between them where where Brad, you know, expresses to him that he's going to that he's going to miss him uh, and, and miss hanging out with him in this last year before he goes off to college. And they reminisce about how well they did yeah, torturing it- Mark. Well, and I think the the specific of that is, is kind of important, where he's like, I just realized, you know, you're going to be gone for a year, and when you get back, I'm going to be heading off to college, so this would have been our last year together, Yeah, uh, which I, I think was kind of a, you know, uh, an emotional hook. That that, that, that got yeah. me. That, that like, kind of hit yeah. me hard. Like, like, oh, yeah, shit. And the episode doesn't really go much further into that or Randy's feelings on it. And I guess I can't blame them, but like, it is kind of heavy. Like, Oh yeah, you're missing your last year with your brother. Like, and, and yeah. at the drop of a hat, you didn't have any time to prepare for this. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is a, a real big hook for me as well, where I, again, I'm not going to go into the details of my, my personal life, but like when I moved to LA, I, my life was in a blur and I wasn't at all seeing how my decision was affecting the other people around me. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've had to grapple with for many years now yeah. of wishing. I know I, I, it's not that I regret leaving in the way I did, but you know, it's kind of one of those simultaneous, like knowing what I do now, I do wish I could have handled things a little bit differently. I, yeah. Yeah. Therapy. No, uh, yeah. Ex- <laughs> yeah. The, the, the moral of every episode of this show. Yeah. No, I, I, I know what you mean. And I, I think about that and about, you know, the, just I think part of the nature of leaving home is there are just a set of relationships that are not going to be the same as they were and a set of memories that won't get made. And, and that's, yeah. um, you know, I think but not I think, having not having the cognizance of that in the moment. You know, oh, sure. Like, that's certainly the, the truth of it. But, you know, is it better to to be ignorant of that and and just would you would you be able to this is the question that i ask myself all the time is like knowing the the ripple effect and the the impact that that has on your relationships if you knew that in the moment would you still be able to make the decision to go that's kind of where i come down where i'm like I, leaving home was one of the best things i could have done for myself uh but if i'd known the impact it was going to have on myself and my people around me there's no way i would have been emotionally able to make that decision well yeah but i mean i think that that's i think that that answers the question i mean i think that people i think that that's true of most people they wouldn't be able to leave home and like if they knew the effect that it would have and that's why it's mm-hmm. better to not know that because otherwise nobody yeah. would ever go out and make the decisions they need to make to get their life going i mean that's that's why i mean you know that's why it's important to do these things when you're young and and quote unquote stupid or just when you're too young to consider consequences (laughs) because that's how you take risks that that help you build the life that you want to live i mean it's why it's so hard for people when they're older and they've put down roots in a place to leave it even if that place is not where they want to be right um it's i mean i don't know like do you wonder why the military is full of 18 year olds like people <laughs> signing up to go away for their from their families for years at a time i mean that's not a decision that a person who who has got a little more emotional processing and emotional intelligence under their belt makes as lightly um well some do 
It's, I mean, some do. Like, look, some 18-year-olds have done a lot of growing up pretty quick. I'm just uh, – yeah. that is that is a powerful moment between them. And, and, then, and then in true fashion of this episode, you know, they, they talk about how um, – how, uh, 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 Brad is going, or how Randy will send Brad some Costa Rican itching powder to use on Mark because they they bond over the fact that they're going to make Mark's life worse. And yeah, I yeah, I, I kind of like I don't know, I, I rolled my eyes a little bit at that. I, I rolled my eyes while they were tearing up. Uh, yeah, well, and I mean, also it's like it, it's sweet, and I think it's true to form that like dudes can't really talk openly about yes, their feelings, yes. so they're finding a way to channel it into something aggressive and manly while still sharing. I, I feel like the the show has kind of moved a little bit away from that dynamic between the brothers, but you know, uh, if they if that's what they have to do in this moment to, as you said, get through it, and you know. Yeah, yeah, but but so they're they're having this kind of complex talk, and Tim comes in and asks what they're talking about, and and uh, and Brad explains that he's gonna you know about the Costa Rican itching powder, and Tim gets upset and says, you know, in my day when we wanted somebody to itch, we bought American. We were proud of our country's novelty <laughs> products. And Brad goes, okay, Dad, I'm gonna go write my congressman. And Tim goes, and while you're at it, why don't you tell about this influx of fake vomit from Japan? And then he's just standing there, kind of seething and fuming, which. I was- I- I was wondering how you felt about that joke because he goes into some detail that was even a little gross for me. I, no, it's like a, a fake vomit. Oh yeah, with the well, about the content of the fake vomit. For me, when yeah. it's when it's you know when it's presented as fake, it's not it's not upsetting okay. my right. issues with that. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, but so Tim is standing there fuming and being upset, and Randy just goes, "Well, now I know where I got my global consciousness from." And it's <laughs> like it's it's really great. T- it. Like again, Tim at his best. I love that Tim is a man who is so serious about his novelty products and their and, and their quality, and and it's so true to the relationship between Randy and Tim. No, no one else could deliver a line like that or like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, and then <laughs> Tim, Tim and Randy just talk about his preparations. Tim tells Randy that Jim is that Jim. Why do I keep saying that? That Jill is having <laughs> do you, trouble. Do you have mold in your place affecting your I, brain? I, I do, or I have an oh, episode no. of the, the mold sports are coming from my brain to your brain. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, told this, you, I, this is hard to get rid of, but we're, we're, you're really closer to me than I thought. Wait, are you, are you actually in Wisconsin? <laughs> or are you just downstairs or something? Um, but so, so, uh, uh, Tim is telling Randy about how Jill is having a lot of trouble at the thought of him leaving and how she's worried about him and all that. And basically says like, your mom's going to be a basket case if you go and randy is like oh so you're saying you know so what you're putting that on me you're saying that like if i don't go i'm gonna hurt mom and so then jill comes down and uh randy kind of just angrily says okay well i'm not going to the rainforest now you can thank your middleman for that and he goes stalking back upstairs leaving tim and jill to kind of i don't they really argue too much here but you know she's like what what was that all about he's like well he's not going to costa rica you know they kind of hash it out and tim thinks he's doing her a favor or doing them both a favor, I guess. Um, and she's it, like, "No, I didn't ask you to do that." Yeah, it's it's, it's we, they go to commercial on yeah they go to commercial off of of that just that response from Randy, and then we come back to Jill saying, "Let me get this straight. Randy isn't going to Costa Rica because you told him I'm scared about spiders and man eating fish, which are references to things Tim said." And the and yeah. she is the only one on, in the frame, and the camera just pans over to Tim, who is just grinning proudly and nodding like and it's it's hilarious because jill is clearly pissed at tim and tim is just like i did the right thing i fixed it all (laughs) (laughs) and yeah yeah so then she explains that you know yeah i was worried but i didn't want to stop him from going and now you've you know now you he's gonna hate me for this and uh and and i 
I loved how protective she was over her relationship and future relationship with with Randy. Uh, yes, she. I mean, it's not even just defensive. It's just it's it's. She, I mean, this could potentially be like a life shattering thing for her relationship with Tim. Should yeah. this, you know, transpire? Yeah. Uh, like she, she, Patricia Richardson plays it with a deadly seriousness. And, and this is also a case where like Tim has, Tim has fucked up and it's pretty clear that he's fucked up, but the way that Tim has done it has been like Tim is ultimately looking out for Jill's feelings, doing so in a very simplistic and stupid way. But when, when like I, I Tim, somehow Tim doing this to me is like, obviously he did the wrong thing. Obviously he has a lesson to learn, but I like this because this is the believable sort of mistake he could make. It's like, Oh yeah, my, my wife is hurting. Uh, I want to make sure she's not hurting. So yeah. uh, I will fix the, this problem in this simple way without thinking ahead to it. Uh, to yep. what it's going to do. And I'm also not going to interrogate how my feelings are influencing my decisions right here. And it's like, yeah. it's emotional immaturity and it's stupid, but it's not in a way that's angry or hurtful. It's done with good intentions. And and his response to her is not to be angry or aggrieved or defensive about it. It's more to be just kind of like chagrined. Like she, right. you know, he says like, well, you were, you were sending me messages, you know, with your body language that you, that you wanted me to tell him to stay. And then she says, okay, well, what my message is my body language sending now? And she glares at him really hard. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have much else for the, the, what's actually happening narratively in the scene. I, I do have an important question to ask you about the set dressing though. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Landon, ask me about the set dressing. I've been waiting. What? The, there's a photograph over uh jtt's pillow yeah do I, you do you happen to know who that feller is i i no i don't uh i i don't remember i don't remember the photograph over his over his pillow who is it all right i just sent you a text uh with the background in it and the the photo can you tell who it is <laughs> that seems to be teddy roosevelt <laughs> the the uh the uh famed conservationist wow okay okay uh i respect that uh he's got a bull mooster up in his room um i i, I also I love know. i love that randy is the sort of liberal who's like it's not gonna be like che guevara or like uh you know uh, or, or like some kind of hippie free love figure it's going it's going right. to be teddy roosevelt a and kind of a classical conservationist environmentalist but also one of the most upright and and disney friendly progressive figures you can find <laughs> yeah i know it, it did uh i know it's very subtly telling like if Randy comes back, he's not going to be wearing, you know, dreadlocks, a, a tie-dye T-shirt, and, and listening to Bob Marley. Like, he's probably going to come back as Randy, just, you know, with even more stalwart opinions about the environment. <laughs> he's he's go he's going to come back having, like, hunted a lot of big, dangerous animals, and he'll have, like, alligator skin <laughs> boots and, like, a, and a you know, rhino rhino hat or something like that. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. That's, that's uh... I also love how well it's it's framed. It's not just like a kid tacking a poster up. It's like, no, I took this to the frame shop. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Do you think Randy stole it from uh from school? Uh, you know, yes, but only from like one of his most imperialistic teachers, so that he could, uh, you know, he could, cl <laughs> he could claim that it was uh, justified. Um, so. So we go to the backyard after after yep. Tim and, and Jill have this confrontation. Unless you have anything else. 
No, no. Uh, Wilson's out there. Um, he is smoking some Joe. What, what is he doing? <laughs> he's, he's well. He says he's he's roasting Joe, and Tim goes. Well, I don't hear any screams, so I, he's obviously taking it like a man. Uh, because you see, Wilson is roasting coffee beans on the barbecue in honor of Randy going to Costa Rica. Um, so Which Tim, I have to admit, Costa Rican uh, uh, beans, some of my favorite. Oh, okay, okay, good, cho- got, good choice. Got a, uh, got a nice smooth flavor. Smooth flavor? Smooth flavor, just like I the bourbon in my not coffee. Nothing drink. <laughs> Herbal bourbon. <laughs> uh well i and i do like that wilson uh wilson sort of changes his his weird barbecuing based on current events like oh well in in honor of randy going to costa rica i'm going to smoke a bunch of uh coffee beans out here um i don't know it's just like if you know if uh, oh oh my name na- my neighbors are going to france so tonight i'm going to make a creme brulee for dessert um <laughs> So, um, but yeah, which so, would which, which would excite Tim because then he gets to pull out his flamethrower. It's like you want a you want a toasted top. Let me toast that top for you. <laughs> and then the, and then the entire apartment burns down, and Tim has to build yep. me a new one. Um. So anyway, uh, they um, Tim talks to Wilson about how well, no, Randy's not actually going to go to Costa Rica now, and uh, you know, talks about how he told him not to and how Jill is angry now. And Wilson suggests to him by, uh, referencing, uh, 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 the play as you like it, uh, that Tim was actually like, T- Tim is actually very upset about Randy going away. And rather than deal with it himself, he just, uh, pretended that he was actually worried about Jill's feelings and told Randy to stay when actually he's worried about his own. Um, yeah, it's a pretty short scene. Yeah. Um, I not my favorite uh, joke gags because he's talks about putting himself in Jill's shoes and he's like, I just tried her pump on once. <laughs> like, okay, maybe the tights too. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny, just like, <laughs> the, like the just the way I don't know the way that Tim is vulnerable throughout this episode, especially after last episode where he was so mad. Like in this whole yeah, episode, yes. it's just like, okay, once I tried on a pump, all right. Also, I tried on the pantyhose and. Uh, <laughs> Oh, on his head yeah well okay now that would make more sense he was because he's robbing you got a, bank. a panty on your head <laughs> so um but but um what i do like about this scene is that that you know tim has listed all the things that he's worried about missing out on you know you know he's gonna be mm-hmm. gone for a year that's gonna be like christmas and thanksgiving and his birthday and he's gonna miss finishing the hot rod and jill jill is just so worried about that and Wilson goes, well, was Jill really worried about Randy missing out on finishing the hot rod? And Tim goes, no, she was. And then he kind of, he realizes what Wilson is driving at. And he just stops and looks at Wilson and just gives him this very sullen, vulnerable look and just leans closer to him as, as if to say like, okay, you got me. What what else? Tell me more. Explain more. <laughs> and, I, it's, it, like, and there's more to say about this in the next scene. But t- Tim Allen is just such a great actor. And I never want to... Let that go unsaid on this show. We say plenty about about other things relating to certain aspects of his performance or or other things he's done. But the man is a great actor. He is really really good at it, and when well directed, he is just I think one of the best. And um, the, I this scene and the next scene I think are, are really a show of that, where he's able to kind of balance some comedy yeah. with some very real fear and and um, anxiety about uh, his relationship with his son. Yeah, well, okay, so let's go to the next scene. We we start with uh Tim and Jill in the kitchen. 
Uh, Tim is making some food, and and what's Jill tell him? Jill Jill comes in and says that she she is going to go to Randy and tell him that she wants him to go to Costa Rica and that it's okay. And Tim Mm -hmm. tells Jill that, you know, it just basically comes out and says, yeah, I don't want him to go to Costa Rica. That's why I told him those things. It was wrong of me. Like, he just is open about it. And Jill drops some psychology on on Tim and says, yeah, you're, you know, you're projecting and you need to communicate with Randy about your feelings. And and as Randy is coming in, Tim goes, great. So can you communicate with Randy about my feelings for me, please? Thank you. And then we'll be even. Which is <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, then she, J- Jill hands Randy a set of rain pants and tells him he's going to Costa Rica and then says, talk to your father about it and leaves. And um, Tim hands Randy a zucchini to chop up because Tim's making dinner and they, while making dinner together, have a a heartbreaking and beautifully acted conversation about their relationship and the times they've shared together and Tim's feelings about him growing up and going away. Um, they sure do. They talk about, I'm just going to go through, I'm just to give us some structure, I'm just going to go through the things. First, Tim talks to, you know, as they're cooking, Tim talks to Randy about how, you know, the first time he ate solid food was when uh, Tim gave him a bratwurst at seven months old, and Randy says, yeah, who can believe I'm a vegetarian now? And... (laughs) Yeah, they're they're talking some more about the trip and and uh, you know the fact that he's going away and and Tim says to him just damn it I'm gonna miss you you know the longest I've ever been away from you is a week and Randy goes yeah and I visited you in the hospital every single day but and I like there's so like there's a joke there but also Tim's delivery on damn it I'm gonna miss you got me yeah just legitimately choked up like he he is yep feeling so much and you almost feel like this is Tim Allen talking to it Jonathan is. Taylor Thomas like this I mean I guess spin. I can't. I can't say that empirically, but I mean, it, the, it's so real. It's so transparent. It's so yeah. transparent that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And Tim is talking about all the things that he and Randy, you know, have not been able to do together, how we never souped anything up. And he says, we, you know, we never talked about girls. And Randy goes, well, I'm not leaving until Saturday. What do you want to know? Just hilarious. <laughs> just, just so it's, fucking it's, funny. It's the per, it's like a, a tuning fork of, of perfectly balanced, humor and emotion yeah yeah it's it, it, it tim tim will say tim will say something that is really an emotional gut punch and randy will respond with a joke but and this is the talent of jonathan taylor thomas he responds with a joke and it still feels like he is sincere and happy to be in the moment and yeah like like it's not the way that tim will joke around about things and it seems like he's just writing the putting whole thing off or not taking it seriously yeah like putting up barriers to to separate himself from the the emotion of the moment, yeah. It it feel it feels like Randy is making these jokes to to encourage Tim and make Tim feel more at home and more capable yeah. of opening up. It's because and yeah. that the show has made that clear explicitly throughout the seasons that that is the way that Tim and Randy relate to one another is making jokes back and forth and how yeah. that's very and this scene I think pays tribute to that very uh, very beautifully. Um, it certainly does, yeah. And and so yeah, finally Tim tells Randy that he's just he thinks it's really brave of him to go down to to Costa Rica. And Randy tells Tim that well, honestly, I'm a little scared about it too. And Tim tells him, well, fill up those rain pants with quarters, and you can call me anytime, and I'm always there for you. And they hug, and then uh, and then Tim goes, hey, you've survived every natural disaster known to man right here in this house. <laughs> it's just. It's just great, man. It's just great. It's just, uh, it, this is, and I think, again, part of why I get so pissed off when we have episodes like last week's is yeah. like, we know what Tim is capable of as an actor. <laughs> we know what this writer's right. room is capable of as writers. 
uh, come on, guys. You're, you're capable of better work. You can do this. You can do great stuff like this. I, yeah, I agree. No notes. No, yeah. Yeah, 10 out I of mean, 10. literally no, I, nothing I would change about the scene, and also I didn't take any notes because I was, I was a little bit of an emotional wreck here. It, it, was, it was really hitting me, you know? Um, this is, and again, I cannot, I cannot stress how poor the quality is also on like the, on this DVD that I was, that I was watching it on, like on my, I had it set up on a different TV and something about the calibration. <laughs> Likewise. Wasn't... Yeah, no, I think it was just how it was recorded to the DVD. Cause I, I also felt like, is the lens also crying? Like it yeah. seems like it's, <laughs> I'm looking through. <laughs> yeah it's it's so bad it looks like a, a youtube video that's been downloaded and uploaded a few too many times but it's still yeah. working it, it's like yeah. if, it, if this if this was in 4k uh, our hearts would have stopped they would have actually exploded I, like it's I, saving it's us true. that it looks this bad well th- this was getting me really hard but it's honestly it's the next scene and honestly the very last moment of the episode that like wrecked me for the rest of the day and i'm like i i I need to have that emotional distance from the show by not acknowledging it and processing it in the moment to walk away so you want to you want to get to the last scene here and and try to just try to i don't know cope with the future (laughs) yeah yeah jupiter and beyond the infinite let's go let's let's, yeah all right fly into it um so they're at the airport and the whole family saying goodbye and um you know randy randy hugs brad goodbye and and you know says his farewells and mark gives him a vhs tape and says here's a video i made of you and lauren making out in the gazebo and randy goes you're a very odd boy but i'm gonna miss you (laughs) (laughs) um and tim and jill uh give randy a tape recorder so that he can record his thoughts in the jungle and send them back to everybody and and i am tipping my hat to the producers because that is a very clever way to try and keep a little bit of JTT on the show. Uh, even if he's not there, uh, then they also, he's becoming, I, I just love the idea of, uh, there being a Costa Rican twin peaks with JTT as Dale Cooper. <laughs> oh my God. That is perfect. I want, I really want that spinoff now. He's just narrating into a, into a tape recorder constantly. <laughs> Um, what also they've recorded some advice for him on there too. It's so they play it and we get Jill's voice going, always wear sun black. And then Tim's voice going, never look a monkey in the eye. (laughs) Both are very, very true. Both great advice. Tim's just happens to be funny and great advice. (laughs) And ape related. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, um, yeah. So there's, there's some, there's, you know, a, hug with tim and a tearful hug with jill and she tells randy that she loves him and again it really feels like patricia richardson talking to jonathan taylor thomas which is heavy because we've talked a lot about how strong we feel like the relationship between those two actors is and their chemistry and how they are on the show um and she says call me when you get there call me before you get there and randy before walking down the jetway says maybe i'll just open the emergency exit and yell out of the plane and he <laughs> he goes down the jetway, and Tim and Jill sadly embrace, and then we get the kind of wow 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 guitar riff, and <laughs> we get the credits like the you know yeah. executive producer Carmen Finiestra appear, appears over that, which is 
I, and I'm not criticizing, but that is a wildly downer ending. Like, I think fitting, but holy shit, they yeah. actually did it. They didn't have Tim, like, fart or fall on his face to try and <laughs> take us out on a laugh. And I, like, damn, home improvement. You well, guys I, I, we, knew what the moment was. We here at Current Work aren't that way, so I'm going to be ending with all kinds of fart noises. So if you <laughs> don't like that in your eardrums, uh, you can skip the last 15 seconds of this episode. Well, you know, if it, I think mold spores aren't the biggest uh, toxic hazard in your house, if that's going to be the case. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's and then the credits are just a series of yeah. Randy bloopers from over the years. So the the uh, the moment that really got me. I mean, it was all this whole scene was just really hard to deal it, with. But air, goodbyes are tough. Airports are tough. It like is that last it, moment of seeing someone. It really sucks. But what hit me the most is, for me at least, in my issues that I have to bring up with my therapist, <laughs> is the moment after when Jill turns to Tim and mm-hmm. they have to deal with that moment alone for the first time like that's the first moment you know like (laughs) you know like randy has left and we as an audience get to see what that first impact is and and it's jill burying her head in tim's shoulder and it's a lot it's a lot to have to cope with and, you know, and Mark and Brad are there, but the frame doesn't widen to show them. We don't really see them after Randy goes over and starts talking to Tim and Jill. Like, the camera is just Tim and Jill in this moment. It is not, oh, they've got these yeah. other two boys to comfort them. It's just them. Um, yeah. And which seems Tim like kind of, like, you know, he kind of puts his forehead down as well. And it's just like, fuck, you know, your decisions affect your parents. And that uh, is a hard thing to, to grapple with. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Yes, I think that was probably why it was hard for me too. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> both of our parents also didn't have other boys uh, to fall back on, so that's yeah. pro- maybe also a piece of of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's getting a little too personal, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. The the way because I think that it's so so brilliant though that it's just that they just give that space that silent space Mm -hmm. of jill looking at tim and just and hugging tim and it's not they don't try to make light of it they don't try to end on a joke the show understands hey this this just sucks like this is just heavy someone you love is going away and you're not going to see him again and it it feels and i mean everyone watching the show and all of the actors on the show this is effectively a death because it's like he's not coming back. Yeah, I mean, right. the show is going to end without him. Maybe he'll come back in the last episode, but we're not going to work with him again in the way that right. we have for the, for most of his life at this point. And it's, uh, y- you know, I, I think about the episode of Cheers where Diane leaves, spoiler alert, at the mm-hmm. end of season five, which was also kind of a seismic like yeah. shift to because she you know her and ted danson you know shelly long and ted danson were the big chemistry of the show sam and diane it was a whole thing and her decision to move on was also kind of contentious with a lot of the cast who were like yo we've got a good thing going here uh fortunately they went on another six seasons but that episode in particular <laughs> i remember watching it and being like i mean the whole thing felt a little bit contrived and a little bit like what, what you know like Sam and Diane are about to get married but then out of nowhere this job offer comes in and oh it's six months mm-hmm. going away and I'm gonna have to write this thing and then I'll come right back but she's but everyone knows she's never gonna come back and it's just 
that whole thing feels like, wait, I don't get it. Why would she go away? Like it, it like a lot of it just feels like it's hastily thrown together because they just need yeah. to, uh, an excuse to get this person shuffled off. And this episode really is just, we're not going to try and do a shitty song and dance to cheer you up or make this light or something. We're, we're not going to like, we're just going to, this moment is hard for all of us and we're all going to share it together. Well, and it's a piece of really mature writing that I like more than an episode it, of cheers. It, it, <laughs> that's saying a lot yeah, it's you know big, they big they do they do pave the way for it a little bit like randy mentions last episode yep uh i'm not going whitewater rafting with you because I, lauren is leaving for costa rica soon mm-hmm. um and the fact that they're going there for environmental reasons like that was the whole thing with randy last season uh, yeah and maybe the season before that with the newspaper articles yeah um like it this makes sense and yeah. uh, it, it is a satisfying send off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many shows, even the big shows, like you're, you're saying, um, when they have, a, you know, I, I guess I wasn't watching when this happened, but I'd be curious to compare it to, you know, an actual death of an actor that they had to replace. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking when John Ritter died and was it David Spade that replaced him as the like the. I, oh uh, man, I brother-in-law or something like that. I don't remember, but I can check right now. Um, but it doesn't matter. I mean, to my point is like how they they deal with those uh exits, whether it is a death or just a character leaving and leaving that door open for them to come back. Um, in the world, in the history of sitcoms, like I think this is a pretty blessed episode as far as audience is concerned. Uh, you know, um, what's what's the term? Lip service to audience. Uh, to to do the character and the show respect and and still leaving that door open, mm-hmm. it's you know you could have easily seen this go very toxic behind the scenes and going, he doesn't want to do the show anymore. Fuck him. We're not gonna leave any room for him to ever come back again. And then they write some sort of thing where he dies off screen and and you know it's a horrible death where they there's no way that he could ever possibly come back. And then we learn. All the time he was a serial killer, and we don't we sully the memory of him on the show. You know, like it it could have gone really really poorly, um, and I, I think we we got the best version of this possible. And, um, you know, this sets up, you know, season eight. <laughs> yeah, like this is where we're heading, man. Uh, yeah, we're wrapping things up. People are leaving. The show's ending. Yeah, some people are some people are leaving the party a little a little sooner than others, but uh, I don't know. Let's take this. Let's take the second to kind of look forward. Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna say hopeful necessarily. I don't want to get that too up my ass about it, but like, okay, this is the big seismic thing to to kick off season eight. Mm-hmm. What are what are some other things you think we can uh, expect to see as big show stopping seismic changes uh, through this season before the show ends? Um, but like, what what other seismic seismic changes do I see what, coming? What are the what are the big things they got to wrap up this season? I, I mean, well, it's gonna be Brad getting ready for college and probably making a choice yep. on a college. Um, yep. I, I mean, I agree it, with that. It, you know, there's got to be. I mean, because even though tool time isn't ending, there's got to be something like. Uh, presumably there has to be some sort of sense of closure to the show and Tim and Al's relationship. I mean, well, look, okay. I know that I, that I remember from my childhood, so I'm not going to comment on it. Well, I, I know that Al gets, I feel like I know 
like Al marries someone, right? It ends. Okay, well, you don't have to tell me. It doesn't. I yeah, because I need to not know. But I don't know. I feel like there's going to be some kind of relationship with Al, like you know, as in him having a relationship with a with a woman. Or okay. it, I, I mean, could, that, I could that, dream of it whole... being a man, but no. <laughs> I mean that that stands to reason, just based on you know his past on the show as well of being single and always looking for love and you know Mr. Lonely Heart. Yeah, um, and and TV shows I, always. I TV shows always want to end on a wedding, too. Um, <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, uh, the Hot Rod. Hot Rod, yeah. I mean, we've already seen him finish a hot rod. Like, he's talking about, oh, i got to finish the hot rod. Yeah, it's but like, last season, that was that was the whole thing. It was like, hey, we finished the hot rod. Just kidding. We didn't actually finish the hot rod. And even last season, it was like, we saw you finish a hot rod a couple years ago, dude. It wasn't that big a deal. You sold it and got a new hot rod. Um, this one. Um I don't know, and I think something with Jill's career, probably. We see her, like, actually start uh, yeah. a psychology yep, yep. practice or something. I don't know. What, what, I mean, you've already seen it, so I don't know if it's going to, like... But do, do you... Have, have you forgotten enough to have predictions about what you're yeah, going to see? Yeah, I, I, I haven't looked into, like, the plot details of the, the last episodes. I'm going purely off of memory. Um, I would say, uh, not knowing any specifics, um, we'll probably see... Uh, another big man's thing. They got to mm. do some flashy, you know, they got money this season. They're going to go out with a bang. I'm sure we'll see some explosions as well, but the uh, man's planet earth. I, I, somewhere in my memory, like I thought home improvement was the show that created the idea of the man cave. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I, I don't have any specific memory of what the last season man's thing was, but if I were to wager a guess or if I were writing the show and was tasked with like going out with a bang for a man's thing, it would be what build the man cave. What is the all time man's area in the home you can do and essentially create the proto man cave? Yeah. Like it, it, like, is it like the man's man cave? Like there's already a man cave, but how you man it up, it's like two layers of man. I don't think I, this is. I, I'm not. I'm speaking completely out of turn here. I don't think the concept of a man cave existed before this show. That's what I'm saying. Is like what they do in this final season for the man's fill in the blank is going to be the inception of the concept of a man cave that enters into popular, you know, culture. So basically, what you're saying is that before this show was on, there wasn't a small island between uh, England and Ireland. But after Home Improvement, the Isle of Man was formed. That's what you're saying. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> T- it took yes. a moment of setup while I Googled where the Isle of Man was. I- I'm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, de- it it definitely seems like. And well, look. Also, we're gonna get Vila back. Obviously, he's got to get one over oh, on yeah. Vila one more time. I, oh my God. Yeah. What cameos do you think we can expect? I Vila mean, for sure. Vila. The Andretti brothers. Oh God, you have me saying it now. Ah, uh, yes, yes, father and son. This is why we teach the con- yes, yes, yes. This is why we teach the controversy, folks. Okay, that plot line for the podcast is already tied off. Landon now believes that they're brothers. <laughs> um, son of a bitch. Let's see. I think we, we. It would be weird to have Lisa back because we've already had her back once. Um, yeah. I think that uh, I mean K and B construction. Like you got you kind of gotta uh, right. Yeah, obviously. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. have to do that one. Um, do you think, do you think they'll wager to bring the astronauts back? Oh man. I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like at this point they, they have to, right? I mean, the astronauts have frequent flyer miles on this show. Yeah. They've got to, they got to bring them back in. Um, Cal Borland. Cal, oh yeah. Cal Borland. He's got, he's got to be back. And, um, yeah. yeah. Cause he's, cause he's canon. I mean, he'll be at the, he'll be at the most likely is the wedding that Al will probably have in the yeah, last true, episode. True, true. 
Um, and yeah, I'm just going to say it. Sir Larry, he finally gets out of that trunk. <laughs> All these years later. <laughs> he, he well the, but but uh twist he is a he is a very desiccated skeleton that man did not have long to live even back then even before the trunk <laughs> and and Ran- and randy comes back because they extradite him to put him in prison because it turns out he's been a serial killer the whole time <laughs> oh my god yeah well okay i think we we brought the the sullenness out of the sullen gutter yeah um, and we haven't even started with our fart noises yet <laughs> That's supposed to be the last 15 seconds that they can skip. Oh, oh are we, are also, we not I done love, yet? I love that you're doing holiday songs already. <laughs> I just did Why five... were you doing the nutcracker suite and fart noises? That was not the nutcracker. That was just, that wasn't, that wasn't fart, 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 okay. fart. That was just fart, yes, fart, it fart, was. fart, fart, fart. <laughs> People write in, tell me if that did not sound like the nutcracker suite. Uh, you know, more like the butt cracker suite, am I right? Okay, Landon, what do we do now? Get us out of here. We end the episode on that. Truman, what did we learn from this episode? Um, we learned that that uh, saying goodbye is such sweet sorrow. What well, did you learn? I can't fucking say it better than that because Wilson even quotes Shakespeare in this. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I learned I, from the best. I would say. No matter what, there's always going to be an area in your life when you recognize you need to go to therapy to work some shit out. And um, and, and sometimes it's watching it a me. TV show from the 90s, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, that brings us to our last segment. Truman, do you know what that is? That is uh, the grunt count. Uh? You just have to do it. You have to do it every time. <laughs> well, I, I realize I, I gave you the prompt that I usually do. It was just backwards. Yeah, and I ran uh, with it like a professional does. Yeah, you did. And then I I extended this bit by an extra unnecessary Woo! minute. The guess Woo! is zero. There were zero rooms for grunts in this episode. Oh, Landon, I regret to inform you that you are incorrect, sir. No. Yes. I refuse to believe it. Grunt count Actually, is... <laughs> in the, the world we're living in, I actually accept that this... Uh, uh, I, I accept the results. Oh, you accept you accept the results. That, I, I'm leading good. by example. <laughs> that, that's good. That's good. Th- thank you very much. Um, so in in the scene where he's talking to Wilson, uh, oh Wilson, yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah. Well, he, he you know w- Wilson says some confounding piece of advice or something, but you know the the ah, if you heard of the Shakespeare play as you like it, Ganymede dresses up as Europa or something, and Tim just goes. Err? Like it's it's not a it's not a grunt talk it's just a confused mm. grunt it's a, of him it's a turning grunt his question yeah so we we get one we get one that's our first Fuck. of the season well I'm gonna I'm gonna mentally keep track of these now I I feel like I am gonna guess right on the money uh for season eight super spectacular okay okay good uh, uh, tally it up I I we'll see like six months from now when we're recording that we'll see if you remember saying <laughs> this thing right now. <laughs> Probably I highly not. doubt it. Pre-Thanksgiving, uh, you know, <laughs> on that note, last week you you were you were so clever to point out uh, Taron Smith. <laughs> he dropped the Noah, and then I rebroadcast um, right before that week's episode, uh, the episode in which I had brought that up for the first time, just coincidentally. <laughs> so yeah. listeners are gonna hear me go, "Hey, guess what?" In the theme song, <laughs> it's Taron Smith, and then they're gonna go into. The season uh, uh, premiere with you doing it. Okay, with me. With, so you're, you've set up a bunch of circumstances where I'll look even more like a dumbass than not, I normally do. Not, not, not intentionally. 
Okay, good. No, okay, great, great. Thank you, Tim. That makes it all better. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Wow. Well, I don't have a post amble this season. No. I guess uh, reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram or um, on our, our anywhere you can get a hold of us. We want to know, you know, your thoughts uh, on home improvement. I don't know. Just let us know. You, yeah. Just give us some of your reflections. Um, yeah. I want to I want to weave in some some fan stuff this season. So what, uh, what do you, reach what out. You, let us know some stuff. What, what do you folks think we're going to see in the last season? What plot lines do you yeah. think are going to get tied off? Why, why make us do all the work? Well, some of you, you know. Us? Don't spoil it for everyone. Okay, people who haven't seen it or Wikipedia'd it, uh, you know, a very specific set of people. Let us know what you think. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. I got to go to bed. Okay, um, do it. Grunt work is made possible by our patrons. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode and this show as a whole and want to help us prepare for the next show that we're going to do after grunt work, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod where you can listen to our entire archive of Gruntwork Nights episodes. Ooh. Uh Leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts because it's the easiest, fastest way to get people to listen to our show for the first time, which we really need and want as we end this show with a bang. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at GruntworkPod. I'm actually – we got to have an off-the-mic off, off the mic conversation about whether or not we want to continue with Twitter. I got Elon Musk questions for you. Uh, yeah. um, I got Elon Musk <laughs> answers for you. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Uh or you can visit us uh, at our website, which is www.grotworkpodcast.com, where you can see other information on today's episode and sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. I just realized I got to get that out tonight. God damn it. Nah. Uh, until next week when we bring you another episode of Season 8, Episode 3, Home Improvement. That's the show we watch. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember... <laughs> that, that, no. that sounded less like the Nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>